Hey, welcome to the podcast called Existence, where we are exploring the question, what does it mean to exist and pursue a life well lived through the contemplation of love, death, meaning, and existence. My name is Evan. I'm a U.S. Marine veteran, and over the past two years, I have traveled over half the U.S., living on the back of a motorcycle, and I've backpacked over a dozen countries across Europe, and somehow find myself living here in Budapest, Hungary. But these are just conversations I'm having along the way. And today is a conversation with Christina. She is a creative mind, a voice actress, and someone I just so happened to meet via Reddit as I sent out a post looking for people to talk to and have a conversation with. And she was gracious enough to respond, sit down with me to talk. So hope you enjoy the conversation and thanks for listening. Sweet. So uh, welcome to my podcast. It's called Existence. Hello. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, well, really what it's about is kind of me discovering the essence of what it means to exist and pursue a life well lived through a lot of contemplation on love, death, um, philosophy, uh, and, and meaning. It's really just what I feel as if is the route I've been kind of going on in my journey through life. Um, and I, it's obviously something that is important to everybody like we're all thinking about these same questions we're all just living a life mm-hmm. walking around seeing everybody else live live a life as well but we don't really know exactly you know like what it what it what it all means what it's what we're doing here we're just doing things and there's like so there's so much that goes on around us that we can you know we can see and we could feel but I like to, you know, it, for me, what's given me the most comfort was conversation and just talking to people and kind of gaining, a, gaining an insight into who other people are in order to kind of help relate that to my own, my own self and how we can live together in this, you know. So um, that's, that's, the, that's, that's, what I, that's what this is and that's what the podcast is about. It's just, that's, that's the conversations I'm looking to have. Um, so... Uh, please introduce yourself, introduce your dog, and kind of see, uh, just please let, let, let the people who are listening and watching know what's, uh, what's going on with you. Uh, hello, I'm Christina. This is my dog, Lula. She's, she's very sleepy. She's always sleepy. Oh. Um, people say anyone can have a podcast nowadays. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the magic of the internet. Like you, can, you can publish anything. You can, you can let yourself be seen. But um, some things are... I don't want to name names, but some people shouldn't have podcasts. But yeah. certain things are important <laughs> to talk about. And I think that this is one of those things, like, how, how do you see yourself in the world? How do you, how do you live your life? And what, what are your choices? And what's, what's important to you? So yeah. I, uh, so I, I, um, God, <laughs> stage fright. No, you're good. So um, just, intru- like, yeah. I guess, introduce your background a little bit, okay. where you come from. Um, what you're doing here in a bar in Budapest, Hungary, right. talking to a guy you just met literally <laughs> a half hour ago on Reddit, and we're, we're now talking and having a conversation. Yeah, okay. So I, I am from Hungary. Um, I uh, lived in London for my whole adult life. Okay. And I came back last year Okay. Uh, sweet. for family. And um, I, wasn't, I, I, I lived in the countryside for a while for, with my family, and it was just like, it was... It was an incredibly unhappy uh, period of my life. And um, yes, I came back to be close to them, but then you need a healthy distance. So uh, I went to university here in Budapest and 
this city has always been like, <laughs> I'm romantic. I overly romanticize things and I love it here. And I've wanted to move here for so long. And I finally made that stop a few months, mm, February. It was February, yeah. So I'm finally here and it's just um, sort of starting a new life, meeting new people and uh, re responding to random Reddit requests. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm here. It's great. It's, I'm actually really stoked you did. I just put it out there yesterday and I thought, uh, who knows what might happen with that. And yeah. I'm super happy that you responded and we're actually having a conversation here. So. I think that's really cool of you. I think that's a really admirable thing, too, just to kind of, like, take uh, or accept things that kind of come your way, you know? You yeah. never know where life is going to lead you, yeah. so. I have, been, I have been trying to, I'm quite the introvert, but I have been trying to move out of my comfort zone a little bit, meeting new people, um, just, just embracing new experiences, whatever life brings. Yeah, 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 totally. So what brought you to, to Hungary, actually? <laughs> well. What was uh, the catalyst for that? Um, I, w I did have a relationship, a very long one. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was okay. Towards the end, there wasn't much love. But yeah. We, we, my grandma had a stroke, and I thought, oh, I'm I've sorry. already lost two grandparents. Don't want to lose her as well. And I didn't want to be too far in case anything ever happens again. So yeah. I'm here now. Yes, I'm not with the family anymore, but you know, I've got a car, can drive home in two hours. It's fine. Yeah. Why don't you just sit down? Oh, no. <laughs> He's chilling. Sit. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're so you moved to Hungary not that no you moved I guess to your to your home country not that long ago. Yeah. So, um, what is uh what do you what do you do? Just kind of like uh, give a I know we talked about it before this started, but um, just kind of give an insight into like what you what you what you look like in terms of uh, just kind of your day to day stuff. Uh, I am lucky enough to be a freelancer. It's it's one of the choices that I've made that um, I'd rather. I'd rather uh, do a job that I enjoy and earn less money instead of uh, working some... Nothing's wrong with that, don't get me wrong. It's just not for me working in an office, uh, doing something that I, I don't like, doing something that I don't enjoy. Yeah, totally. So I started... Um, I used to be a graphic designer, um, but I don't know, I lost, I lost my passion for it. And then uh, I started voice acting as a hobby, and it kind of picked picked up. And um, now I'm doing uh, I'm working for several different companies. I do erotic voice acting mostly, but not just that. I, I do other stuff too. And I also work for a vibrator startup, and um, I, I work with their social media. So that's kind of fun. It's it's that's that's the thing. That's that's what I love. That it's fun. Mm -hmm. I choose my own hours, so I can go to random meetups <laughs> whenever I want to, and. Um, I can stay at home with my dog. Don't need to sit in an office all day long. So it's really important to me to to live life that in a way that I can have fun. Yeah, totally. Um, what what got you into that business to start with? Uh, I don't actually know. It's been a year now. I think I had like a friend who kept telling me, "Oh, Christina, you've got such a nice voice. Can you like?" whisper me to sleep or something <laughs> cringe like that and, and I did and I did and um, well I don't know how much you want to go into porn and stuff like that but personally however much you're comfortable with going into I'm very comfortable talking about sex and stuff I mean my work yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've uh, personally I've always been a more of an audio porn enjoy enjoyer instead of a visual porn enjoyer and I've always thought you know what I can do this I could do that for years, I thought, yeah, I could do this, and now I'm doing it. <laughs> My dog won't calm down. Oh, no, it's all good. 
So what uh so you when we talked on on, on Reddit, yeah. you kind of said you were going through um a bit of a um, reinventing of yourself. Absolutely. What is what is uh what do you what do you look at a, as a reinventing and and how does it kind of apply to your situation? I think it's um starting a new life after you've been used to something for so long. My relationship lasted 6 years. We lived together, we had a house together wow. and we had a dog together. <laughs> I kept the dog because um it just made more sense. But um it was just learning to live by myself again, you know, because I was so used to <laughs> I was so used to um having someone to come home to me every single day, cooking for someone and just There he goes. Is that a good idea? I know, there was a dog running around here yeah, the last time we were here. Totally up. fine. Okay. Like you just <laughs> they let him go around. All right, she came room. Um, so yeah, it's learning to learning to love myself again. I would say learning to be comfortable in my own company, and uh, how well it's working. I don't know. I've been dating a lot, <laughs> yeah. so obviously not very well. Mm -hmm. But um, that was another thing. Starting to date again that was incredibly difficult. Yeah. To get the courage at first and uh, have confidence to meet people. I wouldn't have done this a year ago. Yeah. I wouldn't have met a stranger just like that. But um, I think it helped me. Uh, and even, even my work, like, I don't want to say sex is everything, but sex is a lot. And knowing yourself mm -hmm. and knowing more about sex and sexuality and sex positivity, I think it helps a lot with mental health and everything. Yeah, no, totally. So um, that's, that's kind of my journey. It's not, it's, I wouldn't say it's ended yet because it hasn't. I'm still like floating around, finding myself, but um, I'm so happy here. It's it's been so long since I felt happiness, but uh, I think it's the city. No, <laughs> it's I'm. Uh, it yeah, I'm happy to hear that. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Like, it, it takes a lot, and I, I I think it speaks to um, the courage that you have to actually go out and take the opportunities that present themselves because it's not an easy thing to do. Um, being able to just you know, see something out there, see something that you want to do or an opportunity comes up and being able to say yes to it and actually and actually do it. And that's that's a big deal. So it's it's kudos to you for actually being someone who's trying to take more of those opportunities because it's I think a lot of people don't take them and you either regret it or you feel really bad about it for a long time. And obviously, you know, um, there are opportunities you probably shouldn't take. But, um, you know, like when you're trying to start something new for yourself and really start over um it's it's uh it's difficult and it's scary and it's exciting and it's it's all these things all at once and so you know a lot of people can get held back by that so i i, I commend you for not being held back and uh continuing to kind of go along that journey um so what is it what is it that you you think that or i guess how would you describe your mentality when it when it when it comes to trying to um trying to move forward in your journey like what is it what is what is your mindset behind you moving forward i don't know if i can answer that i think i think trying to accept myself putting myself first but not at the expense of other people so um I don't know. I, I really don't know how to answer that. <laughs> no, you're totally good. You don't have to answer it at all. Um, I guess the way I was trying to frame it was, or I guess what I was trying to get at was, 
you know, like we're all going along this path. We're all going along a journey somewhere, right? And that path looks different for everybody. And so what is it that my question was, like really how, like where do, where do you see your life? What direction do you see your life headed? And that, that, that's such an open-ended question, and it's not something that's meant to be specific, yeah. but more in terms of like a general sense of like, what is it that you think will bring you the most or bring you a sense of contentment and well-being, you know? And that's not, that's not even necessarily a job or um, a career or, like, a, a relationship or anything. Like, mm-hmm. what is it do you, th- do you think at the core of, of us living and existing in this, in this world we find ourselves in? Like, what do you think the purpose of that is? And, and how are you trying to apply that to your own life? You have asked the hardest question of life ever. You knew that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't know if I can answer it, but... Yeah. I think I'm looking for what most people are looking for, just being satisfied with life. Mm-hmm. And I know it's, it's what would you describe as satisfaction? Happiness, obviously. But is it money? Not necessarily. But who, who, who say that? Rich people say that, who mm-hmm. have money. You need money to survive, obviously. So you need to work. And work isn't always fun. But if you can find something that makes you happy and earn money with it, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, companionship, obviously, because... Um, I'm an only child. I grew up alone. I love my own company, but um, do you know, evenings are lonely sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do love my friends and and having people around you who understand you, who you can rely on, who rely on you. Sometimes it helps you a lot as well. Um, but to have a goal, a lot of people would say, "Oh, family, uh, procreation, or." Is that the word? Yeah, it's I a word. I forgot English suddenly. No, you're totally good. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to have kids, but um, yeah. that's got nothing to do with, with any kind of beliefs. I just don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of people think that's the point of life, settling down, having a family. I don't think so. Um, I don't think we actually have a purpose, a reason. We're just, we're just here. We just decided to grow bigger brains than moose animals and just do things that, that other animals don't do. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Just here to make the most of it, you know? What is making the most of it? Enjoying it. Enjoying Finding it? Finding the small joys in life. Okay. The small joys in life. The small joys in life. Be that do your morning walk with your dog by the river. Yeah. That's what I do every morning. I get out, sun is shining, and I smile. And it's sometimes I think how ridiculous that is, that little things like that can make me smile. But if that doesn't, then what will? Yeah. You know? No, that's not ridiculous at all. I mean, that... That is meaning, you know, it's like, yeah. I feel like, um, I guess my personal, my personal take on it is we're always, we're always searching for this kind of big cosmic reason to explain what's going on. And there's always this, there's always this kind of, um, the question of like, well, what does it all mean, you know? And like, does it mean anything? And so... It doesn't have to. It, it doesn't have to well, mean anything, it, it, I think. It, well, it's not even... It might not even have to mean anything. It's just it's already built in. Like, meaning is the small things. Meaning is already fundamentally built into life at all. Or just It's just baked in with mm. the process, with the whole thing. And so, like, to ask these, like, huge questions of, like, does it mean anything? Where does Where is the meaning? Or is there one fundamental universal truth that we're all searching for? Like, it's almost... It's just not the right question to ask. Oh, you're done. <laughs> no, you're good. 
I'm back. I just didn't want any trouble with the dog in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, no, you're totally good. It makes sense. I mean, look, at, we're doing this in a bar again. So yeah. we're, this is uh, yeah. this is new for me. It's new for your dog. <laughs> it's new for you. It was definitely new for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so we were talking about meaning. Meaning. Um, uh, so, yeah, I guess, like, my point was, like, there's always me- there's meaning just kind of built in. Um, what What are the small things in life that you, you find meaning in? Besides, you know, you mentioned, like, Walking your dog on the street. Yeah. Beauty. beauty. Finding beauty around yourself. Yeah. I'm a huge nerd for architecture. Oh, great. And this is why I love this city. I yeah. call it low-budget Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you watch TV, watch uh, films, and you look around, and and um, and you realize, oh, that's not London or Paris. That's Budapest. They filmed it here because it's cheaper. Yeah. No, <laughs> we, it's funny because me and my partner, we're always... We're always Watch it. We're, we're like, we'll like watch a movie or something, and yeah. it'll be like supposed to be like, like Russia or something mm, too. And it's Budapest. like it's Budapest. Uh, <laughs> I, it was like my parents were watching like a new show, and it's like that's Budapest. Um, but um, yeah, architecture is great. What do you? What do you? Um, what do you? What would you define beauty as? Beauty is very subjective, so I I can't really define it myself. It's yeah. it's it's it's. it's I will see beauty in something that you want and vice versa, you mm-hmm. know? So I don't think it's fair to ask that. What is beauty? It's 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 something you, you find joy in, I yeah. guess. And that ties into your question. <laughs> yeah. I, I've answered your question with an answer, sorry. <laughs> no, you're totally good. Again, like I feel like um yeah, it's like I think this is a good point and I actually think it's <laughs> oh my bad. I think I think it's a good point and I think also there is um there's the uh I guess I'm doing reflecting on like the questions and how I perceive the questions that I ask. And the questions that I ask aren't like defined things. Mm-hmm. They're like, um, every, it's so subjective because everybody has their own interpretation of life. Everybody yeah. has their own interpretation of yeah. everything. Everything. Um, so, you know, it's like, what would you define as beauty is like, it's, it's a personal thing. And they, obviously it's such an, um, it's, it's, it's an innate feeling you just have. In, in so many questions, like, like, what is art? What is beauty? Um, what is meaning? I don't know. It's like these questions that have, they, they don't have the specific answer. But it's the, the lack of answers which I'm, I'm really interested in. It's the, it's the lack of their being able to put your finger on anything is, I think, where the most profound knowledge can come from. Because you're, you're just, you're, you're searching for something that is the essence of something and not necessarily something itself. If that make any sense? I don't very philosophical. <laughs> very early in the. <laughs> it's too early in the afternoon for well. It is a it is a philosophy podcast, yeah. or at least in part. You were warned. I was I was I was I. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I think I think in terms of that as well, um, you know, like this this right ends, and this is something I think about a lot, especially because um, uh, there's been just in my personal life, I've I know. Uh, my uh, uh, very basically my my uh, best friend's family, who's basically my family as well. They're dealing with a death in the family, um, extremely sudden. That. No, it's all good, but um, death is something obviously that is on on um, many people's minds. And I don't know uh, what your interpretation is or how you feel about death, uh, but it's something that I find can be immensely motivating and also scary and 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 and. A lot of things, um, but I mean, if you kind of want to dive into like, what what do you think? What do you, what is your interpretation of death? What do you think death even means as a like a concept? Well, death is definitely as an ending, 
but I somehow I feel that there are two different types of deaths. There's the death that ends a life that should end, as, as dark as that sounds. But if, say, you're 90 years old, you had a good life, had a long life, and, and your, your body just cannot handle it anymore, yeah. then yeah, it ends. But sometimes lives end too early, and that's when that's when I feel like, do we actually have a God when... when okay, so I lost a friend to cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. And um, she was... Um, she was my landlady in London, actually, but we became very close friends. She was a little bit older than me. She was in her 30s. Mm. And um, she was one of the healthiest people I knew. Like, she ate healthy. She worked out. She was a teacher. She was a great person. And um, she got cancer. Yeah. And she died. And I feel like that's not the kind of death that makes sense. But things like that happen. And there's nothing you can do about it. But this is when I think spirituality, God, religion, none of it makes any sense because if there was a God, would it, would it kill a good person, you know? It, oh. Yeah. Do you think there's a difference between the, like, it seems like there's a difference um, from the way you perceive it between uh, a death of, of ripe age versus an early death. Like there, there's, a, there's a fundamental difference there. Yeah. I, I feel like the uh, death of ripe age is a fair death. Whereas an early death is an unfair death. Yeah. Depending on the situation, of course. Because, no, that's an unfair death too. Because let's say that you have a disease that you're in pain constantly and you want to end your life early. Um, they do that in Switzerland, don't they? But uh, that's yeah. also an unfair death. Because why are you in pain in the first place? You know, you shouldn't yeah. be in pain. You, you're, you're young. You should be enjoying life. You shouldn't have to end your own life because you're suffering. Yeah. What would you describe your idea of fairness as? Fairness. I think once you feel like you've had a long enough and fulfilling life, but does anyone ever feel like that? Good question. Because I never asked my great grandmother before she died. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, and and my granddad, he he didn't even recognize me before he died. So mm. was that a fair ending? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Is any ending fair? God. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> God, literally. Um, what is? I mean, so like in my head, I'm thinking like what fairness is, and. Fairness can be, I guess fairness is like this idea we have that is a way we see the world the way it ought to be, like the way the world ought to be. But it doesn't make the world, it doesn't mean that that's the way the world is. And I think the, the, the dichotomy between those two things, I think that's where this confusion comes from of like, it should be this way. It feels like it should be this way. It's just this feeling that it should be more fair, it should be more just, it should be more compassionate, more loving, more caring. But it just isn't for some reason. Yeah. And, and I think this is, this is kind of a concept that I've been thinking about, about the, the, idea, of, um, the idea of meaning. And, 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 like, and, and as it relates to death, as like this idea that we're trying to read, like we're trying to read a poem that is just in a, we have no idea as a poem and it's just in a completely different language. And so we look at it and we just see these lines on this paper and we're just trying to make sense of it. But we're never going to make sense of it. No. But it doesn't mean that there's nothing there. You know, it's like there's still something there. There's still an, there's still an. You don't necessarily have to understand it to enjoy it, right? Well, that's the thing. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true too. You can enjoy it. You can find the beauty in the scribbled lines on the piece of paper. Like imagine listening to a foreign song. 
maybe you're maybe you're enjoying the melody. Maybe you're enjoying the lyrics, even though you have no idea what it means. You can still enjoy it, right? Yeah. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, there's enjoyment there. Mm-hmm. And enjoyment, there's meaning. Like there is, there is and meaning. And beauty. Yeah, and beauty. Uh, are you a fan of art? M- I am. Much art. Yeah. Where, uh, where, uh, what, do you have any specific type of art that you most gravitate towards? Architecture, probably. Uh, ar- architecture, yeah. as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Sweet. Do you have a favorite building in Budapest? Oh, many, <laughs> many. I actually really like the Eight District, uh, the Palace, uh, Palace Quarter. Palace Quarter. Yeah, it's um, not here. It's uh, a little bit further in the city. Okay. Uh, I, I, that's where I used to live. Okay. Do you know Lumen? Lumen. Do I know Lumen, Dorsey, off camera? Oh, yes. <laughs> the not that, that great spinach soup. Yes. I, <laughs> I love that food. She relates it all to food, and then I remember. That's, I mean, it's not the place where I, I ate that not-so-great spinach soup. I relate to that, though. Yeah. I used to live opposite. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that house, it might be one of my favorite buildings. I took a picture of that house. I think I took a picture of that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I lived in it, it didn't look like that. Oh, it, really? it still had the bullet holes from the uh, from the revolution. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I do find the 8th District, uh, like the Palace Court, are very magical. Okay. Because there's history, there's beauty, and... Um, I don't know, it's just, it was my home for a while. Yeah. I don't live there anymore. I wanted to move there anymore. Uh, I wanted to move there again, but I didn't find an apartment there. Ended up moving elsewhere, and I actually love it there, so it's fine. Yeah, that's But, uh, hmm, what's my favorite building? I don't know. Too many. What is it, or, um, what is it about architecture that you find most uh, alluring? I think um, it's like product design. That it's useful, and but it still but it still looks good. Yeah. Uh, it's take your um, what's it called? Roadcaster. Roadcaster. It's useful, but it's also got pretty colors. Yeah, no, it right? looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it's. I think uh, I used to be a product designer, so. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I it, yeah, it's 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 when things are useful but uh, still aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important in architecture that, um, uh, let's say it's your home, it's an office, or whatever it is, you walk into it and you feel satisfied with where you are. You you look at it and you think, this is really nice. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was very important to me that I live in a building like this. Yeah. And I do. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And... Um, you know, Soviet architecture, uh, uh, brutalist. There's beauty in brutalism, mm-hmm. but not in the housing blocks. The housing yeah. blocks are usu- usually very mundane, very, and there's a lot of that here. There's a lot of that in Eastern Europe, but even, yeah. even in London. And I and I feel like we want to avoid that. If if it was up to me, obviously it's not. We would avoid that. We would try to put at least some beauty in it. And and I think that's what I love about architecture. When when people are passionate about putting beauty in something useful. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great point. I, I, I th- it's not really something I've thought about. I'm, I, I love looking at architecture, but it's not like I don't think about it. Um, I should have been an architect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not too late. It's not too late. No, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that's a really good point. I know when I walk around, uh, my partner, she's always pointing out like old like socialist buildings and mm. like right next to like grand like palaces and you're yeah. like wow this is incredible yeah um just like uh you know the library here oh uh, fun fact 
What's that? Um, so that library is owned by the Weinheim. Used to be owned by the Weinheim family. Mm. Uh, I used to go to the. I used to go to an elementary school that was their home. Oh really? So yeah, because they're from my town. But you went to the ho- the the ho- elementary school that used to be the home of the people that own the library. Yeah. Wow, or used to own the library. Well, um, no, because uh, it was all taken away after the monarchy fell and uh, the mm. communism and everything. Um, um, the countess moved back to the town, and uh, I know her daughter actually. My stepbrother works with her. Interesting. They lived in London. Yeah. But uh, that's not where I knew them from. But um, yeah, uh, the Weinheim castles, like this, is one of them, and uh, they're all over the country, mostly the eastern part. Yeah. And uh, yeah. How, how did you like uh, London's architecture? It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, uh, to me, I did say the, about the films that it's very similar. In most European cities, not most, but many, are very similar in the sense of you've got the same architecture, you've got the river in the middle. Mm. And uh, in that sense, it's really nice. But I think, um, I think I didn't like the size of the city. It's too big. Yeah, it's massive. It's too big. And... Um, but I, I don't have anything against it. It's just not what I fell in love with. Yeah. Do you like modern architecture? Uh, depends. Yeah. If there's effort in it mm-hmm. to actually look nice, as I said to you, I'm not a huge fan of modernism, but if 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 they put something in it that's not just like a big glass block, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But otherwise, I prefer like late 1800s, early 1900s. Awesome. And so does this, uh, do you like, um, so your your love for architecture it translates to art generally, I'm assuming, right? I'm sorry, I can't. Your love for architecture translates to your like uh, appreciation for art generally. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm kind of a romantic. Like, yeah. I, I like to walk around these buildings and feel like, oh, I'm in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that, especially at night. Yeah. Like at night, the, I've, Budapest changes completely. Oh, yeah. It lights oh, yeah. up. Although like the way they do their lighting here is Midnight incredible. in Paris, but it's Budapest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. It's, mm. o- it's honestly so nice. I remember walking out one day, and I was just like, oh, like I need to take pictures of everything yeah. because you just don't realize how beautiful the city is at night. Um, but actually, we went to the... But uh, just talking about art, we went to the, the Chantvarni or the Chantvarni painting... Um, exhibition. Have yeah. you been there at all? Yeah. It's great. Mm. I'm actually going to the National Gallery on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Saturday. Interesting. I've got a friend in town, so he's like, you want to go? I was like, hey, yeah, I'm always up for a museum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, museums are great. I think they're, I think they're for me, it's like, um, I don't know, it's just like, it's it's nice to like, it almost like, it's almost as if life kind of just slows down for a second and you just appreciate beauty for beauty. And that's, that's like oh, the yes. point of a museum. Yes. Exactly. You know? Just to go in and to calm your mind and to be able to just slow down your thought process and not really focus about the outside world. Just be quiet, be calm, and appreciate beauty for the sake of beauty. And when, it, when you're looking at something that's really beautiful, like a, a, an amazing painting or, or uh, something that is, you know, just something that is aesthetically pleasing, whatever you'll find in a museum... Um, it's nice to have that space to be able to reflect on it in a, in a, in a like an atmosphere it's like nice that. It's nice to have the opportunity to mm. do that because a lot of people don't have it. Yeah. A lot of people don't, I don't, maybe they wouldn't even appreciate it, but so, some people just don't know what it's like to stand for 10 minutes in front of something yeah. and just take it in, just enjoy the beauty of it, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a privilege to be able to go. And like that's, um, that's the thing, it's like, 
art art for the sake of art is it is a privilege it, it is absolutely it, it's, is. Su- it's such a privilege to be able to see so much incredible art especially in europe like there's so much art out here it's just oh yeah incredible. so much art and history yeah, yeah yeah um but i think that's that's where you know it's like it's important to be able to do it because you gain so much more out of it um and i think it, like i don't know like as somebody who i've always i've always liked art but i've never like been i've never considered myself an artist or like somebody that really like dives deep in art except for the past few years of my life where i've well, you're really an been artist now yeah yeah an artist um but um i mean i appreciate art and i love art so much more i than i i do i appreciate it so much more now than i did a few years ago when i just was like you know i went to a couple of museums but i never really thought deeply about it um but i think it actually, comes with age yeah maybe age and experience well, and yeah, just like a yeah. willingness to actually like set your kind of pre your like your assumptions aside and to kind of come at art from a different angle. like you really have to just kind of suspend a lot of things and just like go in open-minded and see what you like and what you don't like yeah. you have a favorite um or do you have like a an inclination to a certain type of uh like a visual art like a like a like a painting style mm, not really mm-hmm. no no i enjoy i enjoy paintings but i don't really have the I don't know. I guess I like Monet, but who doesn't? You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just there's just the greats. Yeah. Um, um, no, I no, I don't think I have a favorite as such. Whether it's style or whether it's a, a painter. Yeah. I because it's not really my genre, you know. Yeah. It's something I enjoy, but yeah. it's it's not my niche. Yeah. What What would you describe an artist as? Artist is someone who creates something that uh, they take enjoyment in, they express themselves with, and um, perhaps other people will enjoy it too, but it's not self-expression. I would say that's art, self-expression. That's a good way to to think about it, yeah. Because uh, maybe I may be expressing myself with, I don't know, a drawing of a stick figure. figure. Everyone will say it's ugly, they don't necessarily have to enjoy it, but I express myself, and that's art, and that's it. Yeah. So it, it, I think having other people enjoy your art isn't necessarily a uh, condition of it being art, you yeah. know? It's just self-expression. Yeah, self-expression. Oh, man, self-expression. There's so many ways to express yourself. Mm-hmm. So in that, I mean, when you when you define art as self-expression, I mean, you could take that anywhere, you know? Oh, yeah, it could be your hairstyle. It could be your clothing. It could be a drawing. It could be music. It could be a poetry. I'm, I'm not gonna make a list. It's gonna yeah, be yeah. very long. <laughs> Do you think anybody can be an artist then? Yes, I think so. As long as they're willing to, um, as long as they're willing to uh, expose their maybe is that fair to say expose their vulnerable side? Yeah, yeah. But can you make art without being vulnerable? I don't. Maybe you can. I mean, I think vulnerability isn't an inherent quality about art, but it can, but it is. It makes art better. It may <laughs> Depression makes great art. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I mean, there's so much. I mean, there's so much. There's challenge in art. I think, like, I think that's probably a, a better way to describe it. Is like the a, a challenge in creating something that may be difficult for you to do. Um, but it's not, and I don't think it's necessarily like, like you said, it's not a condition. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a condition of art. Yeah, yeah, but, you're right. But uh, what do I know? I'm not an artist. Yes, you are. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I, I maybe I don't know. I don't you know. You are now. I mean, it's been decided. It's been decided. I am the patron of arts, and I've said so. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, did you? Was art something that was important to you growing up? 
Yes, yes. I, I never thought I was artistically inclined in any way. I couldn't draw very well. I could draw. Never. I tried to learn the guitar, but I've got terrible finger coordination. Mm. I'm learning piano right now, and it's oh nice. Pain. <laughs> I'm terrible. I like. I just can't coordinate my fingers. But um, I've always loved music. Yeah. I've always loved movies. I've worked in a cinema for years. Oh wow. And um, I I've always called myself a talentless creative, because <laughs> that's what I've been. <laughs> I've always been a creative person, but I haven't had the talent to to use it. And mm. now I finally found something I'm good at, which yeah. is sound design and and yeah. voice acting. And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> awesome. No, that's that's awesome. How how I mean, it's such a process to be able to get to the point of like I'm actually. I'm actually like really want to pursue something and I, and I find enjoyment at it and yeah. I think I'm good at it. Yeah. Like that's a, it's such a process to get there. So oh, congratulations yeah. on actually trying, uh, actually finding that. I mean, I was doing illustrating and graphic design for years yeah. and every time I looked at my own work, I was like, no, this is not good. Yeah. The clients loved it, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah. And I felt like I can't do this anymore because I find no joy in it. It makes me anxious. And with, with the, with the audio work, I'm actually sometimes listening to my own work and I'm like, fuck, I'm really fucking good at this. <laughs> so nice. that's, that's, that's what I love. And it's motivating because yes. it allows you to continue moving forward in, exactly. in that space. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's important. I mean, it's important to be able to find not only, like, not only your, your love for something, but also to look at it, like you said, and, and to kind of look at it objectively from your own standards and, and, re and think like, this is actually good and I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy to, that I have created this and like, this is something that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of putting out there. Uh, but it's, it's hard to do that too. I mean, how do you deal with, um, I guess, self-criticism and, and as it pertains to like what you produce? Well, it, I think lately, lately I'm fine. Lately I've got enough confidence nice. to know what I, what I do is good mm. and I can tell whether if I'm putting something out that's not good enough and yeah. I'll go back on it and, and fix it. But I, I do remember that when I was doing illustration, it was just, it was really difficult because yeah. I never, I was never happy. And even when I was happy with something, then came my ex who was also like a product designer and illustrator yeah. and he was like, that's not good, that's not good, you gotta fix it, you gotta fix that. And that just fucking destroyed me. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think out, outside influences are more of a factor in how you perceive your your pieces of work? Um, not necessarily, because uh, lately, uh, with what I do, even if I receive negative criticism, I'd be like, and what? I know it's good. You just yeah. got bad taste. <laughs> so, uh, There's a confidence in that. That's it awesome. Yeah, it, it entirely depends how confident you are. Yeah. And I wasn't confident in that work. I'm confident in this one. Nice. So that's, that's, that makes all the difference, yeah. how you think about yourself. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, I think it just speaks to like the... The, uh, you're right. You're right. Just our, your own self identity and how you how you perceive yourself generally as yeah. a, and then it, it translates into a lot of things. But I something obviously that is important to everybody is like what they do for work, what they do for like something that they really care about. You know, if 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 your work is something you care about. But um, how do you think people? How do you think it it is? How do you think we start to become more confident in ourselves to be able to pursue these things in the way that that you found? I, I do think, okay, so outside influences do matter, yeah. but ultimately you have to be happy with what you do mm -hmm. because, because you, can, you can create something. You can create something that, you, that makes you happy and, and it won't matter uh, what other people say. But if, if you create something just for the sake of creating something, 
and you don't find that much joy in it and you feel like well this is okay but you know i don't know um so there's an element of like there's I an element of joy in it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. It's, it's enjoying the process mm -hmm. and enjoying the final product. Yeah. So a lot of people I I know that um, um, even in the audio creating community, that they hate their own work. They never listen to their own work. Mm -hmm. like, Are you kidding me? I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I'm here? <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I, I, it's it's hard. I mean, I know. I think I've gotten. I've definitely gotten more. Immensely more used to my own voice after doing a lot of these podcasts and editing them. We hate their own voice, which surprises me. Yeah. I don't understand why. You're listening to us all day long. And and some people are um, so shy on camera, not even about their face. I mean, I'm shy about my face, but I'll talk for days. No, you look great. Um, you just, I think it, 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 it's about, I think it's about, um, it's about like, because I, I think specifically to the audio thing, it's like you're, you, the way you're, the way it's conducted and you're like through your bone structure, like it's it sounds different. differently. Yeah, yeah. But and then you hear it and you're like, that's not how I sound. That sounds weird. And it's actually I think I sound better. Yeah, <laughs> you sound better. There you go. Uh, yeah, but I think it's also like it's such a it's it's you're your own worst critic. So like the the exactly, worst exactly the worst thing that it's gonna be is um yeah. is like the worst judgment you're ever gonna get is from your own self. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't. I don't know if you feel the same way. Like, do you think you can like create um, something that is like? Um, do you think you create something that is? I don't want to say flawless, but like something that you can create. Like, how how often do you create something that you you feel as if like you've really made something sound here? Every week. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I love my job. There you go. I'm I'm really happy to hear that you. Yeah. It, it's great. Not I've, a lot of people I've, are in that position. I've made a song the other day. Oh really? And what is it? It's like it's like an ambient meditation nice. track, but yeah. it's because uh, I'm I'm not very good at playing the piano. I'm learning, mm -hmm. but uh, software's let you cheat so much nowadays. Like electronic music production is incredibly easy, and um, you just press a few buttons, you turn a few knobs and, and, yeah. and you've got a song and and I listen to it and like I know it's not a huge achievement but I listen to it and I'm like I made this yeah this is amazing <laughs> oh that's great um well you got to start somewhere you know exactly. with anything like exactly. even in you know audio sound design like mm -hmm. you started knowing nothing at some point and then yeah. you grow into something well I did go to university learning um uh I've got a degree in communication, audiovisual communication. Oh, okay, cool. So I've got the basics. Yeah. But mostly I'm self-taught. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. And and even even learning it was a joy, to be honest. There you go. I remember getting my recorder and recording fully. It was so much fun. Nice. <laughs> That's really cool and and really important. I mean, yeah. you know, there's so much there's so much audio out there. I think especially like a, getting into audio and like learning about audio. There's so much to audio. There's so much to audio <laughs> that like you have like I have no idea what, what how far this audio rabbit hole goes but uh it's really cool to kind of see like the space of audio and how how important audio actually is to to our just normal living and our senses um what would is do, do you find audio to be i think it's kind of something that i was reflecting on how important audio is to the to our own our own senses and how like we can detect when uh, when audio is off like there's a there's like this um there's an idea, there's like the kind of like we have we have like a way of knowing when audio just doesn't sound right for some reason like whether it's like generated or like not specific specifically human or natural I think it depends
depends on your hearing because um, my hearing is not fantastic. Mm. I have musician friends who will tell me that what sounds right, what doesn't sound right, mm. and I can't tell the difference. But have you ever been into a fully isolated room? No. No, it's very <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. Very, very uncomfortable. So um, to me personally, sound is really important. Yeah. Uh, I go home. I put the music. I put some music on. I I put a podcast on. This countless. I, I don't read anymore because I don't have the attention span. But mm. I listen to audio books. So I don't know. I think I just I'm just really into audio. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, do you ever do you ever listen to the birds singing? Do you ever listen to the crickets? Mm. I do you ever I just should more listen to the nature. Yeah. It's the music of nature. Yeah, I think it's important. I think I think that's something I find. I mean, I should be doing more. I'm, I mean, I meditate and I have that practice and I... That's good. And I, I, I can't meditate. <laughs> you make meditation music, though. I do, but <laughs> I can't do it myself. I get bored. I've, uh, my attention span is terrible. Like, yeah. I can't turn my brain off. That's why, that's why I get home and I have to have music. I make meditation music. I fall asleep to it. There you go. But I can't meditate. It's w- what is it that you think is inhibiting you from... from uh, Oh, several mental illnesses. Do you want to go into it? <laughs> yeah, only if you're comfortable. I mean, I mean, mental illness plays a factor in so many things. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like being able to like, like I think even just like quieting, being able to like quiet your mind in some way, in any yeah. way. Like listening to the birds. You listen to the birds, and like that's 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 something that is able to like really ground you in some sense, right? I try to. I try to. Um, I do have a bad habit. I. I have a dog, as you've seen, and I do walk her three times a day, mm-hmm. and I always have music in my ears. Sometimes I try to turn that off and just listen to the nature, yeah. listen to things around me. Obviously, I'm in a city, so there's going to be cars, there's going to be traffic, which is not the nicest, yeah. but I always walk by the river. The sound of water is yeah. something that really relaxes me, so... Um, Sometimes when the weather is nice, I sit by the river. I love the sea. That this is a landlocked country, so I sit by the river. Mm-hmm. I watch the sunset and I just listen to the waves. Yeah, there you go. And that's that's something that oh, birds, waves, crickets. I think waves might be my favorite. I I miss that out. So I do try. I do try, but it's a work in progress. Yeah, you, every. I mean, it's it's great because it's not. Look at you. There's like everybody's on this. We're all on a we're all on we're not all on the same plane in anything. So, like, trying is trying your best at anything is good enough, you know. And I think it's like the the self acceptance of that is like it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to go out for like a three month silent meditation retreat in Nepal to like be somebody that meditates. You know, it's like it's I bet you know meditation. There's a lot of there's so much in meditation and like being able to do that and like some of the insights you can come to um, in terms of meditation, but. Uh, it's all, you know, I think, like, it's all for a purpose of, like, trying to trying to come to a better state of well-being for ourselves, you know, just, like, quieting this, like, because we're always, you know, this is something I've been thinking about and reflecting on, is, like, we're always just constantly consuming things. We're always, we're always intaking, and we're, oh, not, yes. we're not as much. I'm very guilty at that. Yeah. The music, the audiobooks, the podcasts, Netflix, yeah. Amazon, all of that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's comforting in some sense, right? It is, it is, and and there's things to learn from those. Not always. There's there's, there's a lot of mindless shit. 
have you ever sat down and scrolled TikTok for half an hour? Because I have. And afterwards, I felt like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah. I could be doing something more important with myself. I yeah. could be learning something right now. I could be, you know, don't necessarily have to learn. Just this didn't do anything for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of, I mean, so much, so much content on the internet is, is just, it's for the purpose of attention and attention only. You know, it's like we're all striving. I mean, people that create things online, and you know, you're a social media uh, yeah, yeah. person. So, like, there, it's there. There's there's value in things. There's value in the inner. There's value in communicating, in a way that you can get to the masses of the world. But I think there's a there's a line like there's a line where it comes to the point of, like, why are people creating these things that they're actually creating? Like, is, does this actually bring value and well-being towards you know the world do memes bring value well it does in a sense i mean yeah, they make they make us laugh they, <laughs> they make, make us smile they bring yeah, us yeah. joy but everything in balance you know yeah. everything's yeah, you can't balance. look at them for hours yeah look at a few each day yeah exactly smile send it to your friends and then move on to something more important yeah <laughs> the problem is the way that social media is set up is to is to get your attention and keep it and for you as long one, as and then you end up looking at them for hours yeah and I think that's the that's the dangerous part is like we don't we're not I mean there are people with multiple PhDs trying to f figure out ways to grab our attention yeah. further and further to just get us sucked into uh, you know social media and our attention in a specific in a specific avenue and it works so well it's scary yeah how how what was what has your experience been like in social media working working as a as a creator. I've I've had this job for one month. <laughs> <laughs> Look it. I've had this job not that much longer, so. Uh yeah, I I haven't actually launched my campaign yet. Um but uh I'm scared because I know I have to do well at it and I don't know if I can do the the keeping people's attention thing. Yeah. Like I mean I I promote my own stuff on social media and I know what I have to do. I have to find my niche, you have to find your niche, you have to yeah. find your target audience. And you have to appeal to them, and I know, I know how wrong it is. Like I feel it in my bones how wrong it is, but I want their money, so. Yeah. Well, okay. this I one dark. This one dark. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's. It's not all bad, you know. Like, it's not all. Because do you want? Do you want to go into like what your social media campaign is? Uh, orgasms make me feel. Yeah. How orgasms make you feel? Uh, <laughs> I'm an orgasmic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, um, it sounds like a catchy word, but it's hard to get people to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, will it be will it be fun to uh, look at a montage of people saying just one word? Because that's that's the whole plan. One word. One word. How how do orgasms make you feel? One word. One word. Good. Good. <laughs> Very okay. I yeah. So a montage. Good. Ecstatic. Uh, out of this world. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be fun, but it's gonna be a lot of work, and and like. Is is it, it going to be enough to uh, to retain your audience? I don't know. Yeah. But um, they hired me and they expected me to do a good job, so we shall see. Well, look at I I I'm sure you're going to do great. Um, I think I think the um, I mean I think it's like an important thing to talk about. I mean I th I think we should be more sex positive. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. What has your experience been with working in like the sex industry? Uh, people are very scared to talk about sex. Mm. People are terrified of talking about sex and being seen talking about sex. Mm. You mentioned the word orgasms and like, what? <laughs> Why do you think that is? 
Um, uh, several things. Could be cultural differences, because I've talked to a lot of people. Eastern Europeans seem more open for some reason. <laughs> um, uh, generational things, like uh, millennials and younger. Even them, because the way they were raised, they had to. You, you, you couldn't talk about it. And then, even in school, when you talk about sex, it's just a joke. It's just funny. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing. And um, education, definitely. We don't have proper sex education here. Mm-hmm. Do you have proper sex education in the U.S.? No, not proper not. sex education. <laughs> no, no, no. What country has proper sex education? I don't know. But I think that would be a start. Yeah. Do you know about Hungary's politics about sex education? No, I know nothing about it. <laughs> not good <laughs> not good <laughs> not good <laughs> you don't want to know yeah what it what what is it that you, i guess like so sex is like this you know like you like you described is it something that you think we can move past like how do you think we move past that education is through education education okay. absolutely education you have to start from an age where obviously not too young because you know children but I don't know, like yeah. early teens. Yeah. Early teens. You gotta start talking about it. You gotta start understanding identity, sexuality. Just how you gotta be comfortable talking about it because I think even to good sex, the secret is communication. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't communicate. A lot of people are in relationships for years and they never communicate. They have terrible sex because they don't want to tell their partner what feels good and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, and it's not just sex. It, it extends to other parts of their life too. But it's something that people are uncomfortable to talk about, and you gotta just gotta communicate. Yeah, well, I think it's also like one of those things where if you don't, like you like you pointed out, and I think it's a good point. Like if you're young and you you don't you don't learn you don't learn. Not only you don't learn, but you don't accept yeah. accept the fact that like sex is it's always here and it's yeah. basically for everybody. Yeah. Um, it's just a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a natural, normal thing to feel, and you shouldn't feel like weird about it. Yeah. Um, and like obviously, like religion comes a huge factor in oh, that. Oh yes. But putting that to the side for just a moment, like just understanding that is just understanding that like it's okay, it's normal, it's natural from an early age, and to not have this stigma around it from an early age is is so important. When you grow up, you don't you don't view this as such like a taboo thing yeah there's there's i mean this applies to many things i mean that's how social and cultural norms come to be is through this this um understanding early that this is a normal natural good thing to do and so that that progresses through your life and through the life of society um but yeah i mean it, it, it is such a weird thing because you know everybody thinks about sex everybody is thinking about yeah it's it's everywhere in so much of everything and and we don't you know we we all treat it as this like hush hush Mm -hmm. like don't talk about it but it can be such a liberating thing at this you know when you when you truly let yourself talk about it communicate with it and accept it for yourself in the way you feel natural to accept it exactly exactly parents are certainly to blame as well because but that's also a generational thing they were raised not talking about it they were raised most of them were raised in a Maybe not most of them, but some of them are raised in a religious environment, no premarital sex, and it's just talking about it with each other, talking about it, especially with your children. Yeah, it can be awkward. I get it. Yeah. But you gotta make them understand that this is normal. You know? Do you think it's only awkward because they got raised that way, though? 
Yeah, I think so. And they also didn't have the proper education. That's why yeah. I'm saying start young. Also sex, huh? Sex, <laughs> right? <laughs> sex is good. <laughs> um, so, but that that's 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 only a, a part of your interest here, I guess. Uh, you, so you want to, as, as I was talking to you before, you want to get into video games as a voice actor. Oh, yes. Um, video games, wow. I t- it's more of like, it's like a princess dream, you know? I know it's one. I don't think it will help. I mean, I have been cast in a video game as the villain. Oh, which game? It's it's an indie project. It's called uh, Post Human. Post Human. Uh, I play, play an evil AI. <laughs> there you go. They're coming for us all. But, um, I mean, is it going to happen? God knows, because it's an indie production with a guy who's, uh, who's you know, he's he's got other projects and... Um, is it ever going to be made? God knows, but hey, yeah. I got the rule. There <laughs> so you go. Have technically, you, have you completed it, or is it no, 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 no. It's, it's 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 still in writing. It's okay. still in writing. So I've got some scripts. I've got some character design and stuff. I mean, I'm Ooh. a man technically, so they have to rewrite that. Oh wow. Because because it was written for a male character, but he was like, because because I I like sci-fi so much, and my whole persona is like AI girlfriend and stuff. It's like it's like in, like in a cringe funny way. Okay. And I like playing the evil AI. Yeah. That was before this whole AI thing blew up. Now it's kind of... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this is real now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about AI? I mean, that's such a topic of the times oh right God. now. Oh, God. I mean, it's good and it's bad. AI art is, is great. Like it, I've seen it do some great things, but at what cost? Yeah. Uh, I understand that... Um, I think I'm I'm torn about it because I'm I'm with the majority on that that it's not great for artists. Yeah. But at the same time, it's technology. Yeah. Computers weren't great for mathematicians, were they? But the mathematicians learned to work with computers, and then they ended up, you know, advancing technology with that. So. Yeah. But, but art, I think it's it's because it's such a human thing. Yeah. Because what we were talking about, art is self-expression. Yeah. Can 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 a can a computer express itself? <laughs> yeah. But but when they call people who just enter prompts into 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 the AI thing, uh, AI artists, you're not an artist, you're a coder. Yeah. It's not, it's not the same thing in yeah. my opinion. But our coders artists. I yeah. don't know. It's a very long conversation to be had. Well, I think I think it's something interesting how artists start using AI to create art of their own. I, uh, I saw this video on it. It's like uh, there's an artist in, in MoMA in New York who was mm-hmm. using AI, um, using like basically all the data of all the artwork in MoMA to create art out of the spaces in between art. It's like such a complicated, I'm not going to be able to recapitulate what it actually is, but um, it's an interesting video to check out. I'll link it in the description, but okay. um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think like the way art is being used with artificial intelligence is something that is, I mean, there's so much to be learned in this space as it comes up. I think they have to, um, they sort of have to learn the ethical way to use it. And it's a minefield. It's an absolute minefield because for a free AI to work, it has to be, it has to learn. It has to learn from something. It has to learn from someone. And that someone is going to be other artists. And, they have to they somehow they have to figure out the legalities and the ethics around that, and that's something that I'm not qualified to talk about really because yeah. I don't really understand, to be honest. Yeah. And I, yeah, I do like the possibilities that it gives, but at the same time, as oh, it's gonna hard to say this, but as an artist myself, it's okay. That's it's awesome. <laughs> 
It's it's weird calling yourself an artist. You That's know? why I don't say it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I say it for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as an artist myself, I, it's scary because mm-hmm. there are um, there are AI voice generators. Yeah, I was gonna say because I was gonna um, be like because I've played around with AI voice generators yeah. and I'm like it's I stopped doing it because now I'm like I I can't I just there's there's a moral an ethical like boundary exactly. that I think is being crossed there and I, but exactly. I like I have created some of them and I've, mm. I've seen like what it is I use it sometimes yeah yeah but I use it for like okay so let's say let's say we're on a spaceship and um, we're doing like uh, I, I've done an audio like this recently and then um, you do some hacking or whatever and, and uh, access denied stuff like that or voicemail I use it for that yeah and it, you, it requires an absolutely robotic voice and that's already wrong because I'm thinking I could do that I can say access denied you know yeah. Well, so I think the problem is that it's getting so good, though. Like now, yeah. it's getting really good. Where you, it's almost, it's basically indistinguishable from actual humans. Something I remember. So, um, a lot of brands promote on TikTok, and you know that terrible TikTok voice. Oh, you know I'm not on TikTok. Well, I mean, I'm I post stuff on it, but I don't actually well look on anything. You must have seen like TikTok videos make their way onto YouTube or Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know when when it's like text to speech, that terrible TikTok voice. There's yeah. a male and a female. Oh, I th- I think I know you're not right. Yeah. yeah, I recently yeah. learned that those are real people. Oh, really? They're real people. I d- they, they were recorded by real voice actors. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, they sound pretty robotic. They do because it's all pre-recorded and it's probably like assembled from words. But it sounds terrible. Yeah. And I'm thinking. Yeah. Why do they do it like that? I don't know. Where's it I'm from? Thinking, if you're a brand, like even a medium-sized brand, my brand is tiny. The startup I work for. Mm-hmm. Like, even a small or medium-sized brand could afford. Voice actors are very cheap, I'm telling you. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of people try to break into voice acting as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with anime. A lot of people want to voice anime. Personally, I don't. But um, but uh, it's really difficult because it's all the established actors. And animations, like large-scale animations, Hollywood, you watch freaking Puss in Boots and it's Antonio Banderas. How is a starter voice actor going to get a chance in anything like that? If, yeah. if you know, but there's so many things being created though that need a, that need voices, right? Yeah, true. But maybe you can just generate voices with AI, and you won't need them anymore. But that, but that's and that's it. I mean, that's the scary part. It's like, mm-hmm. what it, what happens to that medium now? Where you could literally, I mean, right now it's the worst it's ever going to get, and it's it's actually pretty good. Mm. Um, so, like, what's it going to look like 10 years from now when it's, like, even more perfected than it already is? And so, but I think I think in terms of, like, replicating human, because like, I've played around with, like, voice generators and, like, conversation between, like, chat GPT and, like, GPT-4 and all that. And, like, that is, that's really interesting because you get to see, like, the, like what a AI is com- what AI is creating in terms of like a conversation, but as humans or as a simulation of a human. And then you put that in like voice turner and like you, it basically is like these people talking back and forth between each other. And it's interesting to see. Um, and that's like, I, when I started going down the AI rabbit hole, that really interested me because I mean, I, I think about consciousness a lot and like what consciousness is and like how AI might be thinking and like all these things that, you know, I think there, there's certain things that just can't be replicated within or at least at this point it's just not being replicated in terms of like what it means to put up be a persona of a person i I do agree like i can speak in certain ways but you 
cannot capture human emotion, can you? Not yet, at least. I'm sure you will be able to. Yeah. You will be able to very soon. Maybe this year, maybe next year. It's not far. But it will be scary. In terms of voices, specifically? Yeah, voices. I'm talking voices. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's already pretty good, though. It it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that's what uh, that was. That's what got me hooked on. I was like, it's damn it's computers so, taking it's, my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it's. I mean, AI is a is a crazy is a crazy space. But I mean, I think in terms of like taking emotion from humans, I don't know if it's like. There's a there's like, where I think humans are already like. We're already, and this is outside of just the voice aspect, but like just humans in general already just grabbing onto trying to understand what, what the essence of humanity is, and like what, what it means to, to, like express emotions generally, and it's like we can't even figure out, like we can't get a, a spot-on definition of what that is, we'll and so you like, just do it for us. Would ChatGPT tell us the meaning of life? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it might. Yeah, it might. Forty-two. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think AI is such a, it's such like, it can bring so much good. I don't know if it's something you've thought, I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it more in the, the space of voice, but have you thought about AI in general as like, just what it means for humanity? Oh yeah, I've, I've had conversations with ChatGPT myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what kind of conversations are you having? Um, I think I mostly, factual stuff. Yeah. Uh, actually, I've. I learned about it from a from a medical student a few months ago, and there are memes about medical students using ChatGPT as a way of learning. And he he was yeah. telling me about it, and I was like, wow. And it's it's like really interesting. And I have a friend who uses it instead of Google. Oh wow! It's it's just like it's constantly that it's constantly yeah. use he's constantly using it, and I'm thinking, you're relying on that thing so much. Well, we're relying it's on Google so much. This is true. This is true. But Google doesn't talk. I mean, it does, but not that way. It doesn't yeah. talk to you that way. But they has, or Google's coming out with their own AI. Mm. I think Bard, it's called. Mm. I think. Could be wrong about that. But, I mean, everyone's coming out with their own type of AI. Exactly. Everyone's coming out with their own AI. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like, I know, it's just the way of, it's the way of the, the future. You know, I think, it's like, you can't deny it. It's something that is going to be here. Oh, bow down to our AI overlords. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, the, the, humanity. I think the more I think about, the more I think about the space of AI. I think the more the more I think about like what it what it means to be human. You know, and I think this is like the fundamental question that we're asking ourselves, um, if not explicitly but implicitly, as a society, kind of dealing with artificial intelligence and the way that it's been being uh, being shown, um, and so. How do you how do you view the nature of what it means to be human? <laughs> Actually, a question: Do you think we'll ever enter the cyberpunk future where we'll be enhanced by computers and like have microchips in our heads and we'll be half AI, half human? Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, I would say probably. Yeah. Yeah. At I some point, I, I mean, if we don't die first, cause yeah. like that uh, could happen to like burn yeah. up or something. Yeah, I mean. I th it's the the thing is like it's already being start like the, that type of work is already being started, and so like you have like Elon's working on like Neuralink, and it's like we're gonna be implanting chips in our head. So hive mind. Yeah, hive mind. We're all gonna have a collective intelligence. What <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we do is ChatGPT, <laughs> and it's all gonna be connected to ChatGPT. Uh, crazier things. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like science fiction is just become science. I like enjoy background. science fiction. Yeah. But. Uh, Gary, that. So, did you ever watch Black Mirror? 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The older, the new episodes are are not good. I would say the older oh, episodes yeah. are good. They actually just announced a new season. Oh really? Yeah, just today. Maybe. I mean, it's been a minute since they released oh, yeah. anything. Last time when I saw was like Miley Cyrus or something. Oh no. But um, the reason I like Black Mirror because it feels so real. It feels yeah. so present. It yeah. doesn't feel super futuristic, not like Blade Runner or whatever. Yeah. But because it feels like this could happen tomorrow. Yeah. This could happen next week. And I think it will. Yeah, the near distant future. Yeah. Yeah. I think and um I think that's I think that might be the future. Um no I don't necessarily embrace it, but I do think that we're growing so close with technology that eventually we Technology become will be, I mean it already is but it will become part of us. Yeah. You know? We already like we walk around with our phone in our hands. Yeah. You know. You can't. I mean, you, if you try to disconnect yourself from technology now, it's just like even just now, like you're already. It's possible for sure, and and it's if you want to live in a if you want to live in like the, the Western ideal of like what it means to live in a, a world like this, um, it's. Like you, you, you're a part of technology, but I mean, you can limit it. You can yeah. limit it as much as you want, but like, it's hard to get around it completely. Oh, Unless yeah. you like really cut yourself off, which is totally possible and probably what. If you let maybe your we phone contract run out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just let your phone contract run out, and then not respond to anybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult because it's difficult because technology it brings a lot of good to us as well. But you know, humanity now, like what it means to be a human, is not. You know, there's, it means a lot of things, um, but, and it's not, it's like, I think I have problems with, like, the the idea that, like, what it means to, like, the thing that separates humans from everyone else or everything else is this specific thing. And I've always had problems with that, that type of idea, you know, I don't know if you've heard, like, the thing that separates humans from every other species is the fact that, you know, we're able to contemplate our own death or we're able to be self uh, aware or like we're, we're able to like be these certain things and I just think that's so much more complicated than that like we're all oh, just definitely. a part of everything and we don't know what I, we don't know what animals think do we so yeah. it's a little bit ambitious to say that we, we think different because yeah, exactly. we know what's in the head but um, so, something's definitely set us apart yeah I mean look at us we're sitting on a sofa built by humans recording on a device built by humans yeah pretty colors yeah pretty colors it's like we're gonna separate ourselves from technology as we're, as we're currently using technology, um, but I don't want to keep you for too long. I appreciate the conversation; it's been great. Um, um, I, I'm really into music. You're into music as well. I'm into, I mean, I'm learning to make music. You're right learning now. to music. I, yeah. yeah, I know. I always, I'm always like scared to ask that question now because. I've interviewed like people that are like, actually, I don't really care about music, and I'm like, I don't. What? what I don't like, understand. Where do you see these people? Like, I've I just I've assumed. I've only ever met one person in my life yeah. who said, I'm "Not really into music." Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me yeah. either. Um, but I need to more. I need to be more upfront about it. No. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, please, if you have any good music recommendations. Oh, always. Give us, give us some good music. Right now. Yeah, right now. If you need to look through your Spotify or something. Um, Oh, that's how you know. Like you got it. (laughs) Okay, so when I lived in London, I was into two bands. Okay. Um, uh, one of them is called Temples. Temples. It's uh, uh, a. They kind of sound like they think they're in the seventies, psychedelic. Um, it's nice. British band. Temples. No British band though. Oh, British. Yeah, they're British. And then there's another band. They're called Tempest. <laughs> Tempest. Yeah. 
Um, they're Australian, uh, but they're London-based. Okay, cool. Uh, they have a very similar sound, but I, I like it more. Uh, it's also same sort of. We're in the seventies, but we're not. It's, it's it's sort of like indie psychedelic. Imagine taming Parlor, but better. But better. But yeah. All right. I, those <laughs> are fighting words. I know, <laughs> I know. But uh, we're talking indie bands here. Yeah. Taming Parlor is quite big. Yeah. Tempest? Doesn't make them bad though. No, 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 no. I do like them. I do like them. But uh, yeah, check them out. Temples cool. and Tempest. Tempest with two S's. Okay, sweet. Link. Tempest are quite small. I think they only have uh, two up. The second album is coming out. Cool. I saw them before they even had an album out. And this is why I moved to London, by the way, because I wanted to see bands. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any specific songs by them or just kind of like... Better Than The Devil by Tempest. Okay, Better Than The Devil by Tempest. Better Than The Devil. Temples. Uh, let's do Room and Godlike Man. Okay. okay. Room and Godlike Man. Room and... Rumen. Oh, Rumen. Rumen. Okay. Rumen got like, man. Da, 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 da. Okay, I'm not gotcha. going to sing. <laughs> it's linked in the description. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so before, you know, if you want to you wanna shout out anything that you're doing, anything, your social media, anything? No, because um, I, uh, I don't hide my face for who I am, but I also don't advertise it because gotcha. uh, it's a very different genre. It's... Uh, Actually, shout out to my brand, Erosia. <laughs> Erosia. Erosia. Okay. Erosia. Okay. D- 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 can I do like a... a Please. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, the reason Erosia is different, because uh, I don't... You probably never try to travel with a vibrator, because you're a man, and men don't really use vibrators, but a man's is coming it. out later, later this year. But uh, we create attachments to electric toothbrushes, because a lot of people try to masturbate with an electric toothbrush, which is very wrong, and you shouldn't. Unless you have an Erosia attachment, because Interesting. Uh, the motor of an electric toothbrush is incredibly strong, travel safe, body safe, and TSA can't embarrass you. <laughs> there you go. That's there you go. That's my advert. Erosia. Erosia. I'll link it. I'll link it if you send me the link. Uh, that's actually kind of a novel idea. It is. I that's, haven't thought that's, about that. That's, that's why well, I... Well, I haven't thought about it for... Yeah, that's, why, mind, that's why I was so surprised, because it's... it's 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 a very and it's not phallic. It's not. It's, mm. it's classy. It's Arasia. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was for great meeting me. you. It and was great um, to meet you too. Um. Yeah. Thank you. I've, it's been it's been fun talking to you in a bar in Budapest. Uh, somebody I just met. So, thank you. Thank you.